Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 254. My name is Turner Sparks. I am Michael Kaplan of Kaplan America fame. Oh, look at that. That's my handle. Immediately. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find me at the Alameda Comedy Club in Oakland, California this weekend, December 3rd and 4th. You can find me on the road all next year. And I'm recording my album at the Friars Club in New York City, February 4th. So come on out to that. 2022, I'll be recording my second album. Come to that. Kaplan will be there. All the who's who will be there. We're trying to get... We're trying to get some of the some of the bunker celebrities out. Some we'll of the patrons, some of our bunker celebs. Yeah, well, it'll, it's going to be follow along. Lost in America pod on Instagram and lost in America pod on Twitter for all. We'll be updating it on there as well. So we exactly. TurnerSparks.com. You can find Kaplan, as he said, at Kaplan America on all social media platforms. Kaplan on the podcast today, we're talking about Sudan. And also, I think we'll probably get into South Sudan, because when you get into Sudan, why not? You know, <laughs> you just dive right and do them both. We don't get to do two for the price of one often, but this week we might do it. Well, Check rarely we don't get to do Africa episodes that often, just in general countries in Africa. So we do South Africa. But I think this is the furthest besides South Africa. This might be the first one, right? This is one of our furthest. There's not that much going on in Africa, I guess, is what we've. No, <laughs> I think they we, got stuff going on. I, I, just, I'm joking. We it didn't takes have guests. time. It takes time we, to get around. So we have a cow jumbo uh, jumbo, excuse me, on the show today. He is a comedian uh, from South Sudan going to be telling us about there's a coup. So what happened was, well, before we get into all that, there's a coup in Sudan. So we want to talk about that. But yeah. before we get into that, Kaplan, for five dollars, people say, I love your show. How do I give you money? They say that exactly. to me all the time. <laughs> Often. Often walking down the street, they stop me in the middle of the street. They say, how do you I give you money? Well, what you do is you do what Miller Zerfast did this week. Miller Zerfast. And you give us money on Patreon.com slash Lost in America. Miller Zerfast, our newest Patreon subscriber. Oh, my God. Thank you, Miller. $10 a month he came in at, which means Miller's going to get a T-shirt, going to get a Lost in America Live from the Bunker T-shirt, number one in Armenia, excuse me, T-shirt. And um, also, I think we're going to give Miller an ad. Here's why. Miller, I'm going to tell you why, Cap. Miller came in on just, uh, November 30th, and you mm-hmm. get charged the day you come in, but then Ooh. you also get charged whenever the next month starts. So he's getting double charged, Miller. So he got charged 20 bucks, like bang, right out of the gate. So I think we're going to have to connect with Miller and say, hey, you un- un- you unwillingly, unknowingly gave us Maybe $20. that was his plan. 
Yeah, I would do it the other way. I would wait till the first to do it. That's my advice if you want. To yeah, be cheap and like you get me. a full month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I was thank you, Miller. That is, we're we're gonna give you an ad. Yeah, we definitely we're the type of we we care about our customers that way. So good idea. We're not here to scam anybody. No, this is all about quality. We like to give you good episodes two or three times a week. We give you full throttle comedy podcasts about our life in America, and you know, now you're talking about live from the bunker right now, are right? You? Which he just subscribed to. Yes, for ten dollars a month. So for five dollars a month, you get us, Kaplan and I, doing our half-hour comedy podcast two to three times a week. The reviews are off the charts over there; people love it. Um, <laughs> and then for ten dollars a month, you get a lot the T-shirt. For twenty dollars a month, you get your own ad once a month on this show. Miller, we're going to connect with you and give you your ad, Kaplan. And then you can also give I- us more than that. You can give us thirty, forty. You know, Dennis, the great Dennis Owens, is up north of thirty dollars yeah. a month. Um, hey, let's not push Miller. He doesn't have to. He gave us enough right now, but other people. Oh, can. I mean, other people get in the game, <laughs> beat out. It's hard to beat the best lawyer in uh, Kansas I, City at both sides. I got to say one last thing. It's a great name. Miller's Zerfass. I might steal that. I write a lot. I write aliases for myself. You know, I might yes. become Miller Zerfass in a short future short, short story. It is a, a great good name. It's your Hank Chinaski. <laughs> right? I've been looking for my new Hank Chinaski. Exactly. <laughs> so, stealing that Miller. Miller Zerfass. <laughs> Kaplan. Now let's talk about Sudan. Right. Um, what I know with, uh, uh, Sudan is not much. I'll be honest. I got a COVID, the COVID vaccine, the booster COVID shot yesterday. Booster excuse. <laughs> and I knew tell my dog get my homework. <laughs> I have been out of it. I, I could, I was barely awake. I, uh, the worst night's sleep last night. And I have nerve when you have nerve damage and then they give you this shot of juice I can feel it in every single nerve in my body right now. So it's brutal. So anyway, you start. What do you know? So people you? should get boosters, but they shouldn't get them the night before a big exam is what you're saying. First off. Yeah, uh, you can't but, study. <laughs> yeah. No, well, what I know is that, you know, we've done some research, obviously, but they did a, uh, they had a, a dictator for about 30 years. Sudan. Um, in Sudan. Yes, we're talking about And Sudan. he was like an is, uh, Islamic, is that the word? Islamic dictator? Or, uh, yeah. Hardcore. I mean, I don't know if even he was, but I mean, does a religion even matter when they're a dictator? I just dictator. So you want him out. But yeah, he was in his Well, no, it matters because it matters. Uh, I think there were laws like there's a lot of anti-women laws and right. what they were allowed to wear and what they weren't allowed to wear and all that stuff. So don't dance around it. it matters. All right. All right. I'm trying yeah. to be PC. But yeah, so they not they, there was an uprising two years ago. You don't ago. have to be PC when a dictator's involved. Kaplan. I don't want to offend the <laughs> dictator. I understand fans. that you don't. Yeah, you don't want to offend the great dictators of the world. But anyway, so they got him out. There was a popular uprising. It seems like after eight months of this, uh, the military said, we're going to jump on the bandwagon. And they joined the coup. They joined not a coup. It's not a coup when it's uprising. They joined. They knocked this guy out. They worked out some sort of power sharing plan. And for a couple of years, this was working towards they were going to have elections. This was in 2019. We're talking yeah. About. And they've only they've never really been a de- democracy in the country. This is, again, one of these countries that Britain screwed up. It used to be English. Anyway, so and they said, we're going to have elections in like 2022. And then that got pushed back to 2023. And then in uh, a few weeks ago, in October 25th, there was an actual coup. The military Can I just got- pause you for a second? Yeah. Because you definitely know way more than I know about this. But uh-huh. I think the explanation's getting a little off here. <laughs> so I want to slow down because I'm already lost about wh- what you're talking about. So I think let, let's make it simple here. There was a coup in two. No, no, no. The military took over the country in 2019. They took it from the dictator. The dictator had been there 31 years. Yeah. Yay. Everybody's happy. The dictator's gone. Okay. Right. And then, but then immediately you have to now plan a new country. And right. there was the two part. or three factions. There was the military. Right. The Sudanese military who who 
also was involved in overthrowing the dictator. There was just the people on the street and they had elected some guy or they kind of pushed like their leader in to become the prime minister of the country. And then there was the warlord who had raped and pillaged all over the place. And now he was, <laughs> he wanted to see the table. Yeah. And so these are the three sides. You have the warlord, you have the military and you have the people's champion. Right. And those three are now trying to work out stuff. And it was, yeah, it was a real big tent is what you're saying. So of course it didn't really work so well because the military guy uh, and his people took, had a coup like a month ago and they arrested the people's champion guy. They put him under house arrest. Wait, 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 stop again. So after now, maybe it's just because my brain doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. You <laughs> skipped ahead. So after two years of them trying to figure it out, it finally collapsed a month ago. Right? It collapsed a month ago. Yeah, they put uh, the, the prime minister under house arrest. And then what's interesting here is, you know, we hear about coups all the time, but the people in Stanford, the people then took to the streets and protested again for the, for the past month. They've been protesting. Then the military killed a bunch of civilians. And so finally, it looks like they've worked out a deal to bring the prime minister back. He's he came out of his house. Uh, he shook the other guy's hands. I think the headline here is the prime minister got kicked out a month, two months ago or in October, a month ago. Yeah. And then he's the people's champion. He got booted, the military booted him a month ago. And then now the same military that kicked him out a month ago, put him back into power. Now, put him- Cal Jambo, welcome to the show, man. Uh, that was a total mess. I'm barely alive. Kaplan's <laughs> talking fast. I think it's coffee time over there. How, how did we do? Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, welcome yeah. to the show, man. I know you're in South Sudan. They're two different countries, but we did ask you and you said yeah. you knew something about this story. So. Yeah, um, I gotta give it up for Kaplan, man. He knows, he knows, uh, knows yeah. a thing or two. Actually, he knows, he knows a lot. It's just that uh, there's some bit of like uh, shaping to whatever he knows, but uh, he's not far from the truth. Look so at yeah, that. not um, far from the truth. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's the same people. We are all Sudanese people. Um, uh, we were all under the same oppression by the same dictator for, for nearly, um, for nearly twenty five years. We only got our independence in two thousand eleven. Um, so that's when we broke out from, from this hall, from the Sudanese region and we became South Sudan and then they kept the Sudanese region. So we, we relate to whatever they were going through. And, um, speaking of the uprising, um, uh, the, the, the agreement that they actually have was, was signed in South Sudan. Like we know about that agreement. It was signed in Juba here. It's called Juba Pistox, the one that the, uh, Juba agreement, the one that they were operating on. That's the one that happened in 2019, yeah? Oh, so, so they signed in that in South Sudan. There you go. It's all yes, they signed it in South Sudan. <laughs> so in, what happened in 2019 is after long, a long uh, struggle of, of oppression from the, the Sudanese dictator, uh, Omar al-Bashir, al Bashir, um, an uprising was caused and the uprising was puckered by... Um, it was a lot of issues that built up for a very long time, for over 30 years, but it was sparked by the economy, the, the price of bread. Uh, things had become so expensive. Now, Sudanese and South Sudanese love bread. We, our, our, our step of food is bread. Like we use bread to eat food, like exactly. So the price of bread had gone up so high, like it was so expensive that a normal person could not afford it. And then in one of the towns outside Khartoum, the capital city, there was a, there was like um, people took it to the streets and complained about that, and then slowly this just this just sparked the rest of the issues that everyone was going through, and from there people just went to the streets the first night and it looked like they were gonna go home, 
but they weren't going home. They just kept on saying, we need to get this economy back on the street, on, back on the right track. We need change. We need everything. And then the next thing you realize, it's a whole country that's on the street and staying and sleeping on the streets and demanding for, 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 for the president to be overthrown for, for another leadership, yeah? So this, and they were demanding for, for civilian leadership. They were demanding for, for, the, for, for the rights of the people, all these oppressive rights uh, for, to, to move the country from an Islamic state to like a right of religion and all that. Uh, one of the reasons why we left as South Sudan is because we weren't identifying with an Islamic state. We were like, everyone has the right to be any religion, but Sudan didn't want that. So they, they advocated for that. And it reached a point where they weren't going home. They were on the streets for almost three months. And the only thing they had to do is to sit down with the military, uh, for the civilians to sit down with the military and, and overthrow the president and come up with a come up with a, with a government that is going to lead the Sudanese people to, to um, two elections in 2022. So the agreement was they were going to have four years. This agreement was patroned by our president, like uh, South Sudan, like they watched it and they, they were the witnesses. The agreement was they were going to have four years of that, an interim four years to lead them into elections. In these four years, um, two years were going to be led by the military and it's going to phase from the military. This, this, it was a process of giving back the power to the citizens, like to, 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 to take it away from the military and give it to the citizens and all that. So the agreement was the, the military was going to have a president and then the prime minister was going to be um, a civilian. Yeah. And so the civilian was basically handling the, the, the issues of the government, but it was a transition phase to remove everything from the, from the military to the, from, to, the, um, to the civilian. So this year was actually the end of the two years of the military. From this year, everything was supposed to be handed to the civilians, and then the civilians will, will lead it to, to an election, and then everything becomes uh, decided at the ballot. But what happened this year, I think the military became, became greedy. Uh, they saw themselves losing and all that, and this is where they attempted uh, the coup. It was actually a real attempt. They first did the first attempt, they failed, then they attempted again the second time, and it's what I would like to call a failure as well because it didn't go as they had planned. So they took the prime minister, put him on house arrest, and people went back to the streets because people were like, we demanded, we fought for this uh, power to go to the civilians. The military can't take it back. They demanded for the, for, for, the, for, for the prime minister to be released. They went on the street. A lot of people were killed. But they, the Sudanese people are so, so resilient. They never give up. They kept on pushing and pushing and pushing until the military found itself in a position where these people are not going back. They need to compromise. They need to, they need to reinstate this person because their, their own condition was reinstate him and we go back like we want a civilian government. So they had to reach a point where they had to, uh, to release all the political prisoners and come to an agreement with the civilian uh, government, uh, with, the, with the prime minister who was arrested. But of course, there's so many people who did not agree with the prime minister sitting with the military because most of these people are saying the military should go but it's impossible for the military to just go like that so politically the prime minister handled the issue politically by sitting with the with with the with the military and coming up with an agreement that will extend them back to the elections uh, in so, in the next two years yeah so when the prime minister so the prime minister who is was put in by the civilians the civilians wanted him when he went into the military yes. coup the military took over they put him into house arrest yes. and now he's they let yes. him back out of house arrest and he's just kind of 
back being the prime minister, but he has to work with the military. The same people who arrested him, he now yeah. has to kind of work for exactly. them. Is is the problem that he's doesn't have power anymore? Is that what the people think? It really, he's just kind of a puppet and the military does what they want? That's what the people think, but the people forget that the, the power is theirs. They have the power. The fact that they make the military, they made the military uh, ch- change their mind, it means that they're very powerful. But again, the common man cannot uh, handle the issue. Uh, if it's up to us, we're just going to be like, hey, you go, let this person take over. But again, politically, a country needs a military and a country needs a president and a prime minister and all that. Yeah. So at his level as a prime minister, he understands how he's supposed to execute this, but he still, re- he still remains a, um, a civilian leader. And this agreement, of course, uh, he thinks it's something that's going to work and it's going to lead them to the, to, to the elections that they're going to. But there is no way they can work without the military and the military cannot work with the, without the prime minister. It, it's yeah. a compromise. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense because you can't if, – if he then becomes like the – if uh sorry what's, what's his, his name's name? hamdok right Is that hamdok? the prime, prime minister, minister yeah hamdok. yeah yeah hamdok. That, if he hamdok. gets in and he boots the military out well then congratulations you're a country without a military <laughs> yeah that's not <laughs> very good. ethiopia yeah. takes over now. yeah that's not very good either i'm curious what's yeah. the relationship it seems like sudan and south sudan are still very uh, obviously you only became a country in 2011 so the world's newest ago. country right Is and that the, uh yeah uh, <laughs> What's Baba the relationship anyway. between does. the two? Meaning, is your is one country wealthier than the other? Is one country more stable than the other? Uh, how, how did that? So, how, how do they work together? Yeah. So, but actually, Barbados is the newest. Just got its independence yesterday or oh, two days ago. Which Sorry country? Yeah, Barbados. Barbados. Uh, yeah, Barbados. Well, they won a country before. <laughs> your reign? No, they were under the British <laughs> rule. I refuse to recognize them. Because yeah. you can, we have never had any uh, Barbados on this podcast. We've so never we gone to number one in Barbados, but we're about to go to number one in <laughs> South you know, Sudan. So. Do you know Rihanna? Yes. Yeah. She's from Barbados. Oh, oh. I've been to Barbados then. I've seen her house. <laughs> <laughs> I went there on a cruise one time yeah. for like an hour. Yes, yes, you've been there. You guys have a Luau yeah. Ding, so I still I don't believe it exists. I, I'm more of a yeah. South Sudan guy myself. So, yeah. um, yeah, so what's um, so, the relationship so, like between the two? The, the relationship is not like North Korea, South Korea, if that's a question. Um, no, 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 that wasn't the question <laughs> we, at all. That would North be, Korea, yeah. South Korea. All right, we, we have if had... That's your base Here, here's, let me, here's how I, I'll say it. Uh, we yeah. have a relationship with Canada, and then we also have a relationship with Mexico because we share a border with the two places. Right. Is there all any right, similarities <laughs> between any um, of those? Okay, okay the thing is, we have had our differences, but the differences were, were between systems. Uh, uh, systems put up uh, uh, policies that oppress our people. But when we fought and got ourselves ourselves out, we got, we had to, to to get a referendum for them for us to decide to be our own side. Yeah, a referendum. Then after yeah. that, yeah. yeah, we had a referendum in 2010. So when we got our country, we are still we are still connected. There are people who stay in Sudan, like South Sudanese that stay in Sudan, and there's Sudanese that stay this side. Uh, people do trade business between the two countries. Of course, there's a little bit of the uh, racism around here and there, but we're like a uh, sovereign country, and so so are they. Uh, we share border, of course. Uh, we share oil fields, uh, which is still the problem. We're still fighting over some oil fields because most of our part, most of our region has uh, the oil, but the Sudanese people want to breach this side, so there's still all that border discussion. But it's good; it's being handled politically. 
so we have we we really we really have diplomatic ties in a way that we are even able to sign the agreement here and we are able to fly over there and 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 discuss anything to do with um with our politics or whatever they're always stepping in and we are like always there for each other but this this whole this all started um i think our ties developed more when bashir got out of power because with bashir we had a bitter relationship we did you leave did south sudan leave sudan because of bashir is that why yes, they didn't want yes. the is uh government that islamic is it islamic yes, state yes. or am i saying that wrong was he part of the islamic state that would be isis right he was originally um, i don't know Uh, yeah, I don't know if he if he if he had those ideas. Yeah, because I was very young by then. But um, okay. but we left his government. We left his his government oppressed us, and we left his government. So a big part of leaving was to leave the government, and now the government's out. Yeah, and so like the relationship's better. I see. It's like people who get yeah, divorced, have- but you know they still hang out and they're yeah <laughs> the yeah. Kids, they but again, kids. we we still we're still happy that we are being identified because as our own country, because we we have our own ways and all that. that we want to respect as our own culture we have so many tribes but 64 that we that are the south sudanese region wow. and that's like our identity uh, not, What's your we tribe? actually speak arabic amdinka it's a it's the largest the, the largest in the, in the country amdinka cool and you speak arabic yeah, Dink- no it's called amdinka it's not called amdinka it's called dinka i said i am dinka oh i am oh, <laughs> oh sorry it's called dinka dinka got it. A, you got to speak yeah, slow yeah. for us The Dinka trip. Sorry, I, right, I got sorry, this sorry. vaccine run. The shot. You can blame everything in the shot today. <laughs> right get out of idiot free card. Get straightly. <laughs> straightly. I get right. so, straight. So <laughs> we we also speak Arabic as a as a country. We speak Arabic. We speak Arabic and English, so you can use Arabic or or, or English as an official language. Although English is supposed to be the official language, but most of the people studied in the studied in the in the in the Arabic system. our judges our lawyers they were in the sudanese system then when we got a country they couldn't come and use uh, the english here so they use arabic and yeah. how what's the history with that how did you why does everyone speak arabic i guess geographically because, you're close but what's because uh, it was sudan like the the, the so sudanese speak arabic it's, it, it it was the, the national language then Okay. So we had to learn their language for us to be able to liberate ourselves for us to negotiate with them in an understanding language. Our leaders need to go through the education system. The education system of the whole country was was a uh, was Islamic uh, with those Sharia law in the whole region. So mm. we needed to learn for us to to get ourselves out. So what is Sharia law? That's something that people always tell us about in America like they say if this person wins America's going to become Sharia law, you know? But I don't think anyone including myself knows what Sharia law is. Oh, it's a little more hardcore in Sudan. What is it when you actually live it? Now Kaplan's okay with it. He said we're not supposed to judge. But what what is Sharia law? <laughs> so, yeah. Sharia 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 law is basically um a religious guided uh law Islamic religion basically. It's 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 quoting the Quran like the the, the Quran tells tells the, the the Muslim people on how to live. and what to do and what not to do and then these these things have stuff to do with the way you dress the way you cover yourself the all you do and all that so basically it's the it's the quran acting as the constitution so in reality like for you 10 years ago if you were living in a country that was under sharia law what did that mean for you what did your day how was it different from how you live now like did you have to dress differently the women are covered i mean yeah. right 
Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't go to a motel with 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 a girl that I'm, I'm not married to. I would have to first show my 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 wedding certificate. Oh wow! To take a girl to a motel, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be allowed to drink alcohol. Uh, I wouldn't take someone's daughter out and hang out. Um, I wouldn't, you mean um, on a date? You wouldn't go out on a date? Yeah, yeah. You don't take people's. You know, you heading out? You don't take people's. Uh, People's daughters out for dates. As a father of a daughter, this sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I might so, sign up. So, yeah. uh, bad, bad. wow. So, you, so, how are you supposed to know who to marry, or is it arranged marriage? It's arranged, right? Yeah, it's arranged marriage. Basically, your family meets the family of the daughter, and then they they fix something up, and then that's it. You you have a wedding. So and that's how, really low, man. It's, can I ask how old are you? I'm 24. You're 24. Okay, so, he so this all young, ended. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this all Good ended for when you. you were like 14. Right when you hit puberty. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What yeah, about yeah. all those people uh, who like got an arranged marriage and they just had to marry somebody they never met and then like two months later, I the know. country changed. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I should have waited. It's like when you're in jail in America for selling pot and then like, it becomes legal a month later. Yeah, something. and you're like, what am I even doing? <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's, it, it is equivalent to being in jail, having <laughs> yeah, an arranged marriage. Yeah. Just some dude's daughter, so, to, like, <laughs> your dad's friend at work. They had a great dowry. You have to marry his daughter. This, you know, you know these, things, these things dig like really deep. Um, we, they didn't all end just uh, after we got the referendum. It just didn't end like that. Yeah, There's still arranged marriages going on. Um, some of them have been like, culturalized they, they are more about the culture right now the south Sudanese, some cultures like do arrange marriages and all that and uh, they still have like uh, they still a poor perception when people see you drink alcohol they steal all that so mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. into the system there's still a way like there's even within south Sudan, you can see people we we like to call them cartoons these are people who are so so sudanese than anyone else the way they speak what they do with everything yeah so it gets into you. You don't just edit like that. It takes a it's long time. It's part of the culture. You don't know how to date. Exactly. And You've they're never part dated, of us. So. <laughs> yeah, your parents yeah, can't give you dating advice. <laughs> exactly. You have no idea yeah, how to yeah, flirt. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for you, what? how does that... So for yeah. you now, you... But you've kind of grown up your teenage years and your early 20s under a, a different a different system right so then it's do you go out and date do you and your friends like go on dates do you take girls out to the movies or something yeah, yeah, get um, a milkshake i don't know <laughs> do you drink alcohol yeah i grew i grew up i grew up in i grew up in uh in, in uganda an english-speaking country um, with uh, a lot of uh the western culture and all that um so i i am more east african than than, than sudanese uh, and uh, and which is a problem in the country right now because the country has a mixture of cultures uh, we have the Sudanese people. We have the the ones that live in Egypt, the ones that live in Kenya, Uganda, America, Australia. It's a, it's a cocktail of so many cultures and ways of living, and there's so much confusion. You get people getting to fight every single day just because I don't acknowledge the way you you address things or the way you do things. Yeah. So yeah, um, I used to go out. I, I go out. I hang out. Do shit. Uh, but I don't drink. I I used to drink, and then I stopped drinking six months ago. It's just a. It's not even a really religious religious uh, influenced decision. I just decided that I want to take a break. So if, even if I want to drink, I can drink right now. And nobody has a problem with that. Got it. Great. Yeah, and that shirt not, you're wearing, not, I know uh, people are most, most people are listening to this, but you're wearing a very colorful, colorful shirt right now. Not a Sharia shirt. And you got gold rings on. I don't know how much this would be allowed under Sharia law. <laughs> uh, no, no, it wouldn't be allowed. And this, this, this hair right here, it wouldn't yeah. be allowed. Eh? 
I have like very long hair. This is not yeah, you're like dreadlocks. Hair. Yeah, right? clean up those sideburns. Yeah, yeah I got. <laughs> <laughs> what was so they have a haircut would, policy under Sharia law? Yeah, the New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Even right, even even right now, even within South Sudan right now, like I tell you, man, these things are like so deep. Uh, the roots are so deep into people. Like a few months ago, I went to my hometown. I was doing like an uh, HIV/AIDS campaign with a with some uh, some uh, health organization. I, I went as like an influencer to speak to the the people right there and I tell them more about HIV, encourage them and all that shit, yeah? And as I was doing my job, uh, I got arrested and um, got, took, got taken to the police station and they said the, the dreadlocks are not allowed in the state. And I was like, hey man, I don't know your state laws. Your state laws have never reached me. And um, I didn't know that dreadlocks are illegal, but if there's any doc, so apparently I'm supposed to get an ID for me to have dreadlocks. You got so arrested them, for um, dreadlocks? Wow. Yep, yep. Like ID? What is the ID? Like a, a permission slip or something? Like, like a license? It's a, a permission slip. It's a license. So I have never seen what that license looks like. Uh, some soldiers tell me about it, others don't. So I always get into fights with them. Every time I get them, they ask me for that. I'm like, hey, man, show it to me. I don't know what that ID looks like or anything like that. But they still that. There's some people that they get to cut off their dreadlocks. Then there's some people. Depends on how you all brush, brush off, like the way you, you vibe and all that. Um, I always, I always sort it out and I'm lucky sometimes the people are running to know me and know what I do. So they just let me be, but they still, that's, that, that's like those roots of, of like such laws and all that. Yeah. The culture's there. It's set. Yeah. Yeah. It's set, man. Wow. Set. And, um, and let, let's talk, I, I want to get back into the, the government stuff, but first, so you, we didn't even say, I, th- I think I forgot to say it, but you have the Juba International Comedy Festival uh, every year. So how, how did you get into, I know I was looking you up online, like you're pretty, pretty, pretty popular there. How did you, what's the stand up comedy scene like in South Sudan? How long have you been doing it? Right. So um, I've been doing, I've been doing comedy for five years. I started doing comedy in Uganda, this 2016. And I got, I got my breakthrough in 2018. Like that's when like I blew up, everyone got to know me. But I hadn't, I didn't come home and like do it like on the ground in South Sudan. There was, there's always been comedy in South Sudan since 2012, but it was like Arabic speaking comedy, but English, English comedy. I was, I was the first English comedian in South Sudan. So I was doing tours around the world and I would come back and like uh, around Africa and I would come back and like do, do, do a show in South Sudan one or two. And I always get people come to my shows cause I'm not always around. So. I'm only, I'm only around for like a, a day and do a show and go somewhere else. So my shows would always sell out and all that. But at the, uh, at the peak of the pandemic, I came back home because uh, COVID didn't hit us like that bad. Like forget about what you hear in the news. Like we are really, really good. I don't know what the, what, what the science is or what the religion is, but I think it's our God and science. We didn't have like so many deaths. We didn't have so many cases. I think something to do with our weather. I have no fucking idea. Nobody knows, but we are doing okay. So I came back. We're still doing gigs in the country. We're partying. We're doing everything. And I've been doing some small gigs. I did my special, my 24th birthday special. Uh, I, I named it uh, Two Dozens of Life. I do that, did that in May. And then... What's the name I of it? I did a Sorry. few other shows around. Two Dozens of Life. Two Dozens of Life? Yeah. It was my 24th birthday. Got it. Ah, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing gigs around and all that. So, and then after doing that, I was like, Hey man, I need to, I need to bring down my, my, my homeboys from across Africa 
I let them come and experience South Sudan because they don't know what South Sudan looks like. They just hear about it in my jokes and they want to come. They, they don't know what we have to offer. So I said, that's it. Let me just put up a, a comedy special. Sorry, a comedy festival and invite them over. So I write up this concept. I send the concept out and uh, ask some people to, to jump on and sponsor it. And boom, I had people very happy to, to sponsor. And then this is it. So I'll be doing it. Um, I'll be doing it, I think, February. Very cool. And we should say, before we move yeah. any further, we got to know you through Adam Van Levison. So shout out to him. He's traveling around Former podcast. Africa right now doing comedy. Um, Kaplan, we're, we got more to get into. But before that, we got to pay yes. some bills here at Kyle. So uh, we are yeah. part of the World's Smartest Podcast Network. That is mm. Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy, Professor Andrew Heaton, myself and Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. And Professor... Let's see. Professor Andrea Jones has a new show called Majoring in Everything. It finally came out, folks. She's, we've been talking about it for, I don't know, two years. Yeah, we've and been, it's the finally, studio's been, we've been developing it for years. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a lot of time in development. It's getting passed around from studio to studio. Rewrites, rewrites. Finally, it's out. Anyway, Majoring in Everything. Go subscribe to that. Uh, I think we'll probably both be on there sometime soon. That's on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Professor Andrew Heaton. He's not an actual professor, but he he speaks as if he were at all yeah, times. He should be a professor. He's smarter than most professors, in my opinion. Yes, so. by a lot. He has the Political <laughs> Orphanage podcast. He has the Friday Release Valve podcast, and he has uh, Alienating the Audience, which I think is a show about sci-fi movies. Um, I think the, the the idea with that is he used to he used to talk about sci-fi movies during in the middle of his other podcast, and he yeah. get a ton of hate mail. The Paul, the people into politics don't want to hear about sci-fi movies, I guess is what not interested. So he started a whole other podcast for that. So go check him out. Andrew Heaton. Um, and of course us, the lost in America podcast, check us out, (laughs) check us out. Watch us on YouTube. Uh, watch, give us reviews on both YouTube and on iTunes. If you haven't done it already, come on. Yeah. Instagram, all that stuff. Now Kaplan, a word from your local sponsor. All right, we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you very much, sponsors. You really keep the lights on over here. Um, all right, now getting back to this, uh, what's going on with the the, the with yeah. Sudan? Uh, I, what's the? Because it seems like each faction you have, you have the the military, uh, you have kind of the people and their prime prime minister Hamdok, and and then you have the the uh, what do we call them the um, the Kaplan, go ahead. I'm, I, my <laughs> what are you, what are you trying to say? Oh, the RSF? The, yeah, the third group. That's it. Yeah. Well, I was saying there was, uh, yeah, Mohammed uh, Hamdan Dagalo, I believe is his name. He's a warlord. So my question like, is, yeah, he, thank you. Thank you, Cap. <laughs> uh, my question is, what's each side is being supported by a different part of the world, right? The United States is supporting Hamdok and Saudi Arabia. The, the people. Yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say Saudi Arabia supports uh, the military. What's his name? Do we have a name on him? <laughs> Borham, yes. And then in Burhan, Turkey, Burhan, Burhan. Burham, yes. And then like Turkey and Russia, I believe, support the warlord. I think so. It's it's that seems like, like a very Turkey Russia move to do. Yeah, to support the warlord. <laughs> so how does it seem? Does that make it more dangerous, Akal? Like with all these countries, how, how much support? When they say these countries support these people, does that mean they're supplying them with money and with arms, with weapons, or what does it actually mean? It could be anything, like whatever the the, 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 support, the support they pledge can be anything. It depends on their interest. It depends on what they want and uh, how they benefit from it. So they can pledge uh, as much as they can. And uh, 
most of when you see this uh, Saudi Arabia backing this and then America backing that and then blah blah most of the time they actually have no interest in the country it's just that when they see when they have these are rivalry countries when they see this happen they jump to the other side and Africa usually like uh, African countries usually like they say when the when the elephants are fighting the grass suffers so African countries are the grass we are used to for these countries to fight their wars you see you see uh, china fighting america over a small country in africa it's not about us it's about them yeah <laughs> so yeah. i don't know i don't know what what their interest is really yeah is there any so i know you have oil is south sudan and sudan both have the same amount of oil or is it like skewed one way or the other no the uh, south sudanese region has most of it oh, has most you guys it. got the oil okay yeah, yeah but there's there's an agreement for all of us to be able to to benefit. I, I'm not so sure. I'm not. So, I right. don't know how that agreement like it's worked part out. Part of independence, but that made sense. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something was was uh was worked out in the independence period. But how did because we've how did before the coup how did the power sharing exactly work? You know, because it seems confusing to have you know a military guy because like you know a few years ago Sudan made peace with Israel and America reduced their sanctions. And so who is negotiating? Yeah. Like who negotiates something like that? Is that this, the the prime minister, Hamdan? Is that done by this guy, Burhan? Like how do they, or they work together? Like no, how it's they, a, yeah. The, the, the prime minister is the one that runs the business of the country. Okay. Uh, the president, the president, uh, the position of a president in, in, in this spot uh, is like a pictorial position or a ceremonial position. Uh, Hamdok is the civilian uh, and then, he he was in good terms with all these countries that had war with the country with uh, Sudan, so he was the one who was able to negotiate these terms and like to initiate these relationships. Not a general that was there in, this, in the past thirty years and all that. Yeah, so all these all these agreements or all these peace talks depended on him, and that is why you see that uh, it's important for him to stay in and like keep up all all of these things. So he ran the, he ran the, he runs the day to day life of the of the of the of the country. Okay, because we we were reading that some of the protesters were like almost thought he had sold them out by agreeing to come back to government. But you're saying he's still going to have, like he's still going to be in charge ultimately, making these big decisions until those elections. You think? Of course, of course, he's still going to be in charge. But what you need to understand is that uh, politics is not as black and white as we expect it to be. Like we expect it to be just simple. Like get out. Why are you doing this? But again, uh, like I told you, you can't have a country without a military. So the yeah. people, the people expect the people expect the people expect him not to work together with the military, which is impossible. He like has to work together with the military. Yeah. Do you know what's funny, Akal? Yeah, yeah. You, that's you, you can. That's such a basic point you bring up that we didn't read in yeah. any of our research. Yeah, I don't, unless I'm wrong, Kaplan. There wasn't a single article we read that said like all they said was, "Oh, he's kind of double crossing his people because he's working with the military." But not a single one was like, "Yeah, but if you don't have a military, what do you have?" Exactly. Like it's not an alternate yeah, military I mean, you just form on yeah. your own. I mean, and and it's it's my it's my opinion, yeah. I mean, uh, I I don't have the right to tell them how to feel and what to do as Sudanese people, but in my opinion, if my leader did something like that, I would on on top of I understand them being angry, I would be very angry of course, but if I sit down I'll be like, "Yeah, I think it is what it is, man. I, I got to understand that politics is not as black and white as we expect it to be. Yeah. And how's your country? How, yeah. so, so how's, how's South Sudan doing in the last 10 years? In the first 10 years, I guess. First, first and last. Do, how's your government? <laughs> um, it's pretty, it's, 
we had men where we are, we are we are discovering a lot of things and we're being hit a lot we have been hit by two two different wars uh civil wars 2013 yeah. and 2016 yeah uh, terrible lost a lot of people and we are currently operating on a, on a peace agreement a revitalized one actually after the 2013 war we had a, an agreement uh it was breached went to war again and then we revitalized it and um, we operating on that until the next elections which is supposed to be 2023 hopefully but we are a mess right now it's a lot of corruption a lot of death a lot of uh, suffering poor services it's a, it's, it's, it's a mess at the moment and do you do do you do comedy full time like that's your yeah, full job yeah full time comedian yeah yeah full time and you started in uganda what were you doing living in uganda um, so I was raised in Uganda, and uh, ah. I did all my school in Uganda, my university, everything. Hey, but your family's from Sudan, South Sudan. Was from Sudan, and then became South Sudan. South Sudan, yeah. And um, yeah. why? Why Uganda? Is that a better? Is a better life there? A better education? Something? Or why would the family? Um, uh, I gotta say, I mean, because I was born in Kenya. And oh my God, really? You just keep adding countries to the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it just your parents' job moves you around? <laughs> I think it was. It was until they couldn't anymore. So, so he, um, he, I was born in Kenya. And then when my dad passed on in 2001, they, uh, my family said we should come together and go meet the rest of the siblings, my half-siblings. So we moved to Kenya where the big family was. This was switched to Uganda where the big family was. And then we stayed up, we stayed there and, and, uh, and yeah, and that's how I ended up growing up in Uganda. So you can be a guest, our expert now in like four different countries. This is great. Cause we yeah, I know quite, quite a few, but all those countries. And where in Africa, outside of South Africa, for, like forgetting South Africa, what, what country is the most developed uh, for comedy? What's the best place to be for comedy? Um, Kenya, Kenya is really doing good right now. Um, this, this guy, uh, Eric are doing like a really good job. I've toured in Kenya several times, work with them. They have a very, very good industry. They just built it up from 2018 and it became something like really, really good. I love it. Um, Tanzania, Tanzania is picking up a very good scene, amazing comics, amazing scene. Um, Uganda, Uganda is also good. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm giving you this in, in this particular order. Yeah, it counts as well, and um, uh, Nigeria. So I, I, I would put I would put Nigeria in the same ranks with uh, South Africa. They went way ahead of us in terms oh, of wow. comedy. Okay. Yeah, but, you, again, but the weird thing. Yeah, go ahead. The weird thing is, uh, some of these countries produce really amazing comedians, but do not have a very very lucrative uh, industry as mm. compared to the rest. Like let's say Uganda produces some of the funniest and the best comedians in Africa, but I wouldn't compare their industry to the, to the Kenyan one or to the South African or the Nigerian one. But when, when it comes to exporting product, they're really so good that their comics are really amazing. Um, like they produce me. I, I really know. Yeah, go ahead. Again? Go ahead. I'm like, I'm like, they produced me. And when I get to see other comics, when I travel around, I see a difference. I'm like, oh yeah, I was mentored really well. I really had a very good start. 
So yeah, that's 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 what I noticed. And is English the language everyone does it in? The, the, the people who tour around Africa. Yep. 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 English. Wow. And is there, is Comedy Central yeah. there? Comedy Central. Yeah, we have Comedy Central Africa. It's based in South Africa. It's based in South Africa. Okay. I I yeah, I lived yeah. in Asia for a long time, and when Comedy Central came, they um, to Asia, they put their base in Singapore. And just because right. they did that, all the Singaporean comedians were on TV like overnight, like the next day. Because <laughs> they were there just by chance. They happened to be there. Like all the scenes were pretty equal. Hong Kong, uh, South yeah, Korea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shanghai, Singapore. Yeah. I mean, Vietnam had a scene everywhere. Every, every Malaysia, Philippines. But because Comedy Central set up there, boom, then they were, then they were big. They were the first people who were big. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, uh, all these places, all these uh, companies work with numbers. Comedy Central, Netflix, whoever they work with numbers. So they will set up in South Africa and Nigeria, and they started setting up in Kenya right now. And you will find that every, almost a lot of films on Netflix are from Kenya or Nigeria or South Africa because they work with numbers. And the rest of the African countries are like left out. So we have to up our numbers or go and put ourselves in those industries and penetrate through the, the rest of the industries. Yeah, you have to go like live in one of those places or spend a lot of time there. Yep, yep, yep. To try to get noticed. And yep, so yep, in yep. South Sudan, is that where you're going to live? Do you feel like you're going to be living there a long time? No, man. No. Um I was just here for the for the pandemic. Um oh. I was uh you know you know I was uh, last year I was uh I was on my way to 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 Melbourne for the for the festival. And then that's when the pandemic like hit and all that. So I put aside I put aside all the things I was doing and went back home. But I'm going to go back on the road next year. Um I'm planning to come through to the UK and come to America as well. Nice. And, uh, and then I, yeah. Come to New York. Then I have to, yeah, yeah. I want to check out New York, man. I, I've got a friend. I, I met a friend in 2017 in Rwanda. He's a he's an he's an uh, American comedian. Um, I worked with him, and then and then he said, "Yo, come through to New York." So I've, I've been I've been trying to like his, his name is Julio. Julio, okay. You know? I don't yeah, know Julio. Julio, exactly. <laughs> but there's yeah. a lot of comedians so, um, here. There's thousands of comedians in New York City. So I know, right? Um, and, and are you going to Julius. Melbourne? You going back to Melbourne? Because I'm, gonna, I actually might be there yeah. this year, in 2022. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might, I might, might come through. Uh, it depends because I, I have a lot of other, other dates that I'm planning to put together. Yeah. Um, if, if everything meets, then I'll come through. Then if it doesn't, then I have to extend to the end of the year. Yeah. So for Sudan, for this, yeah. what's what's the best? What will be the best outcome for the government? Um, yeah, like the, will there be elections? Do we think it's going to happen on time? Like yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have tested they have tested the people of Sudan enough. They can't they can't test them anymore, and they have to go through through elections. For now, they're just going to lead to the elections because they know what they're capable of. They know how determined they are to get what belongs to them. So I really believe, and you gotta like give it up to them, man. Like they have shaped. They have taken, they've taken charge of their country and shaped it. So they are directing their leaders to the elections, and it will be elections. That's what's gonna. That's great. Take so you out. think the people are in charge? They are in charge, man. Yo, yeah. man, I've seen these people, bro. I've seen how active they are on Twitter. I've seen how they discuss this every day. Uh, they have they talk about this every day. Like they are really in charge, man. Very in charge. It's a great point because like we've been reading like all these things about the military. All, all this, there's so many military people in in the government now. 
in these different councils and mm. people are saying that's a bad thing, but you're saying you're making an interesting counterpoint that like the people keep getting the people on the streets keep winning out. So they're not going to put up with mm-hmm. too much nonsense. So eventually hopefully democracy happens. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, well, the, we're making the, a prediction the end here. game is the end game is, uh, is elections. And by the way, things look like uh, they're going to go to the elections. Wow. And is there, do you think it'll be the same yeah. people running or do you think there's any other, like, will it be this guy Hamdak as the main guy or are there other people that you, that you know of? Like, yeah, of course, like it's a democratic, it's a democratic thing. Like anyone can run. And uh, so it will now depend on them. They'll, they'll, they'll weigh their options. I is would it? vote for anybody who allows dreadlocks, but that's just me. No. Yeah. Well, I was going <laughs> to ask, <laughs> is it difficult to do comedy in, in a place like South Sudan where even, even though the uh, Islamic uh, dictator is gone, the culture is still there. Is it, does that make it difficult? Nah, not really, man. Um, it's, 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 it's all about, I mean, I've, I've done gigs in so many places. Yeah. And, um, it's the same. It's the same. It's, you're either going to die or you're either going to make it. Like I always say, the, the thing about being a comedian is that you go on stage with only two options. There's no third option. There's no in-between. You either bomb or you, you make it out. Um, so it's the same thing, yeah? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get worse yeah. or it doesn't get any better. Yeah. Uh, it's just about, you know, just about you knowing where you're going to work and relate, put your, put your material down to the, to the ground, like try to, to pinpoint uh, the, the things that you're supposed to address and uh, and stay out of controversial shit, man. Don't 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 be out here uh, getting into people's businesses, and yep. then that's how you get hated for no reason. Yeah, agreed. And um, yeah, yeah. Oh, tell us the Luol Dang story. So that's on your Twitter page. I think maybe we'll end. You have a great Twitter bio. We should unless say. you have the best Twitter bio <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It Thanks. says. Your two main Thanks. credits that you put on your Twitter bio is that you have followed back by Luol Dang, who's which is basketball. great. He's yeah. a South, is he South Sudanese? Is he from yeah, South Sudan? Yeah, he is South Sudanese. Yeah, so he's a South yeah, Sudanese basketball player. You all know Chicago Bulls, went to legend. Went great, to Duke. went to yeah, Duke. Yeah. So he follows you back on Twitter. That's one of your major. American people put their Twitter credits as like, oh, you've seen me on HBO or Comedy Central. Yours is like <laughs> followed back by Luol Dang. He follows you back on Twitter. And you almost you almost went to the to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. But then coronavirus happened, yeah. right? <laughs> Those are the two best credits I've ever heard in my life. I almost went to a comedy festival and this, bas- this former gonna, basketball player follows me on Twitter. I almost went to prom. And, no. <laughs> So have you met? Have you met Luol Deng? Yeah. Is he a hero? He must be a hero. Yeah. Oh man, he's a hero, bro. Um, he he has done he has done a very very good job with the South Sudanese uh, um, basketball team. He he created a basketball team from scratch, like from nothing. Like he has never played for South Sudan. So when we created a country, he just came back and said, "Hey, I need to put this thing together." And he got a bunch of boys across across the world who who barely identify as South Sudanese because they were raised in Australia, America, uh, Uganda, and all that. So he brought them back and like tried to give them the identity of playing for their country, like having the flag, bought them the jersey, the, the South Sudanese jersey. For anyone to say that I am South Sudanese and all that, he just brought it up there. And he went into the, the Basketball Federation. He's the president of the Basketball Federation in South Sudan. And um, he, he fixed it up, man. He fixed it up like, from from way back, from this whole like I sh- I sent you a picture of uh, of uh, 
of uh, basketball courts that are named after Manut Ball, who's our legend. Like I was going like, to say, Manut Ball was like, the uh, ultimate legend. Yeah, Luol Deng, Kaplan. So you yes. sent me a picture of Luol Deng built basketball courts and named it Manut Ball Court, right? Uh, I love Manut Ball. Rest yes, in yes, peace, yes, so yes. That's great. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that, there is there is like the Manut, Manut Ball Foundation and then there's the Luol, Luol Deng Foundation. And he is like handling these two things and pushing them forward. Like the other picture I sent you was a, was a tournament between Manut Ball Foundation and Roald Deng Foundation. He gets like different uh, kids, like he's nurturing kids that are playing basketball, play a tournament. And the women, the girls also are playing, are playing basketball as well. He's like building a lot of things, man, like amazing, amazing stuff. And, and uh, we respect him for that, man. We respect him for that. Like imagine you, you know, in, um, in 2020, was it 2020? Uh, I think January 2020, yeah we had never had a basketball team. And then the next thing we just hear is like, hey, South Sudan's basketball team is playing in Kenya. I'm like, oh, cool. What are they doing? All right, so we go, we, we just see on social media, first game, these dudes win. You're like, what? You guys wow. are winning? Like, second game, these guys, these guys are winning. We're like, what? Who, what the fuck are these people? And then third game, the next thing I realized, my brother is actually playing in the team. I'm like, dude, when did you your get brother? Wait, your brother's Australia? on the team? <laughs> yeah, my brother's in the team. <laughs> so I'm... Is your brother ball ball? <laughs> is it open tryouts? No, 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 no. But my, my brother, my brother is called Makuri Pondag. He lives in Australia. He's a, he's a basketball player as well. Oh wow! So I am, I am watching these guys, and and the whole of South Sudan like came together. We people started setting up TVs in the in the neighborhood to sit and watch this. It's kids. like a movie. We've never seen yeah. this kid. It's like a movie. We've never seen this kid, but these kids are bowling, man. They are seriously beating every team. Um, all these East African teams that we didn't know about and all that. And then the finals, um, we, we lost, we lost to Kenya and we were like, shit, like we were so hot, man. You we made like, it to we, the finals we, we your first year? Yeah, we made it to the finals. Then we lost to Kenya. And then, so it, they were picking, they were picking like, uh, the qualifications for the Afro basketball tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened is the boys said that they were cheated. They, 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 they thought, actually the truth is Kenya, Kenya cheated out. But we were we were pushed to the, to the tournament tournament by a, by a wild card, so we said, "Cool, we go again to the tournament, and we are bowling again, man. We are beating the shit out of people, yeah." And then we now made it to like the tournament, like the final, which was like a few months ago, yeah. And this time we get to meet Kenya again. Oh my god, you should have seen that game, bro. We beat the shit out of Kenya, man. Oh, nice, yeah. And we were watching <laughs> all over the world. What is this a tournament for, about like Africa? It. Yeah, the Af- Afro basketball. So Kenya's your big tournament. rival, not Sudan. Like it's not a, the South Sudan Sudan game is not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sudan, Sudan didn't play. Oh, you're better than Sudan, <laughs> but, South Sudan. Uh, yeah, we we were actually better. We beat we beat all the East African countries. We we, we beat everyone in East Africa. Turner, so I, we I looked beaten, up who the coach is. Do you know who the coach of the team is, Turner? I don't know who. Wait, Del, Ro- Del Harris. <laughs> that would be better. Royal Ivy. <laughs> Deep. Remember him? Yeah. Call, yeah why do the, I know him? He was like Kevin Durant's best friend. So the, the Knicks hired him as an assistant coach. They thought then they would get Kevin Durant as a free oh, agent. Oh, that guy? He's like yeah. agent guy? He's like a, he used to play basketball. Yeah, briefly. yeah, yeah. I know who Thunder. you're talking about. That yeah. guy. Oh. And now cool. he's the coach of the uh, South Sudanese team, apparently. Good gig. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. He's, he's our coach. So, yeah. Um, so we lost, we lost the, the tournament. We lost, to the, we lost to, the, to, the, to the number one in Africa, actually. The, was it Tunisia? We lost to Tunisia. And Tunisia won the tournament. Tunisia. Yeah, they're, they're we tough. lost that quarter, quarter <laughs> final. Yeah, they're they play tough. Tough hey, zone man. defense, yeah, Tunisia. Tough. 
<laughs> man-to-man principles. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Wow, crazy. Uh, very cool. And is Bull Bull, Bull Bull won't play, doesn't play for the team, or he does? Um, so there was a bit of a situation. All of these boys did not play, like the top guys that are playing in NBA. They didn't yeah. play for us. There was a bit of situation. I didn't understand what, what, what went on. But I think they'll be playing the next tournament. We they'll actually, play, we actually get to like well make the Olympics. Somewhere. They'll play. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, so awesome. All right, cool. A cow jambo. Thank you so much for doing the podcast, man. Uh, yeah. Hopefully everything gets worked out in Sudan. Congratulations on your new country. Apologize for it not being the newest country. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, it was a good run. Ten years is a good run to be the newest country in the world. Ten years is pretty good. Kaplan, I mean, it's more than we lasted. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody check follow follow Cal Jumbo on Twitter. It's A K A U J A M B O. Uh type that into Twitter and check Thanks, them out. Man. Yeah, of course. And, and we got uh, we'll like, see you uh, when you we'll see you when uh, you come to New York City. Kaplan, go ahead. I was gonna say we've got like four countries right. now you're an expert on. So when anything happens in any of them, be by your phone. <laughs> We're gonna be calling you. We'll be back. Stay by the phone. All right. That's it. Cap. All right. What should we do, Cap? No problem. No problem. It's time to it's, it's time to get lost. Get lost. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.